Si te gusta este podcast, entra en iVox.com y recomiéndalo. Así le ayudarás a que gane visibilidad en la mayor biblioteca de audio a la carta en castellano, donde además encontrarás centenares de programas de radio, monólogos, audiolibros, conferencias y otros muchos audios de diferentes temáticas. Ah, y recuerda que iVox es con V. Episode 52, October the 5th, 2012. The one when the onion made them cry. You are listening to This is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atlético de Madrid. In today's episode. With two more victories in the bag over Espanol and Victoria Pilsen, Atleti have now strung together an eight-game win streak with 15 straight wins in Europa League and haven't lost 18 matches. In an attempt to keep our little tiger on a tighter leash at the Vicente Calderon, Atleti will reportedly raise Falcao's wages from close to 3 million euros to 6 million euros per year beginning this summer. Despite all the classical hype this week, arguably the biggest match in Spain pits two of La Liga's last three undefeated sides, Atleti and Malaga in Madrid on Sunday. Arda and Falcao return to training with the group on Friday and are expected to be available for the weekend's clash between Primera's second and third place sides. Raul Garcia has scored in all three of his starts this season, most notably netting the match winner in a tough away tie without Falcao against Espanol at the Cornelia del Prat. Is the Pamplona-born man finally ready to take a step up at Atleti? The red and white fact of the week. Simeone's Atleti has fallen 16 points in La Liga in just six games, which is half the time it took the group led by Manzano to reach the same total last season. We're going to have to turn this section into a daily section because there are so many things to talk about. Bonus fact. Thiago made his 100th appearance on Thursday, 84 of them coming at the starter. His resume with Los Rojiblancos includes one Europa League, one Copa del Rey runner-up, and one Super Cup. He has also scored nine goals, provided three assists, has 33 yellow cards, one red card, and one Soldado bitch slap. And we, we should add there that Teboya Rodriguez is currently the top scorer for the Europa League. Hello everyone and welcome back to This Is Atleti, your space of 100% Atletico Madrid news and opinion. This is Ricardo Menendez once again hosting the show and tonight we have our prodigal son Gary who makes his return. Gary, how are you? I'm very good guys, it's great to be back. Apologies for my uh, my selective appearances this season. I would like to really send out my sincere apologies and also thank all you guys because you've really been very patient and very helpful with everything but uh -huh. i'm glad to be back we have to put in all that um we've made the efforts necessary and all that and thank jorge mendez for for finally wrapping up the deal right i we won't <laughs> go into that now but I, do, I would like to thank everybody uh those that know me understand uh what's been going on And I would like to say thank you to you, to Derek, to Martin, to Flo, to Susan, to Joachim, uh, to everybody. I know I probably forgot somebody that have really helped in the last couple of weeks as I've got this new project I've undertaken off the ground. And I wouldn't have been possible without any of you guys. And really, I'm very, very, very grateful. And I owe so many beers and other stuff <laughs> to people. And I am so, so grateful to you all. You're, you're welcome, of course. And it, above all, it's great to have you back. And we also have... Martin Rose, now great to great to listen to you again from from Florida. How are you, Martin? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys again. We've had the unexpected great news that you're coming over to Spain really soon. Okay, well, unfortunately, Derek cannot attend tonight's episode. We want to send Derek a big hug and hope to have him with us next week. Without further ado, from the top, Gary, maybe you'd want to um, start by talking about the Espanol match. Um, two two of these uh, games that Atletico would normally flop, and I'm not going to say that they've been spectacular matches, but they, they've been effective wins. And though the Victoria Pilsen um, match, will, which we will talk about later, was um, tighter than expected and much more difficult than expected, we managed to get away with... Uh, 
two wins at both uh, important matches for the rest of the season. Yes, very true. Uh, Spaniel was gritty. It was tough. But we got the result. I think it's quite ironic that some people in the Catalan press are claiming that Atletico haven't played that well this season and maybe some results they don't deserve, considering that Barcelona, in all fairness, have not played that well this season themselves. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's watched Barcelona and if Barcelona has, Barcelona have not played well this season, but they've ground that results. And for many, many, many years, anybody that's been following Atletico will tell you this, that we have seen not only Atletico when they've played bad games lose, but we've seen them play good games and lose as well. We've seen this kind of uh, team that are willing to just, you know, go with the flow and really grind out a result. And yes, they will fight for a 1-0. And yes, we've seen some great games this season. But the amazing thing is that this team, and I think, okay, we said we're going to come back to Pilsen. Last year, we saw the side, at the end of the game, lose focus and not fight until the 90th minute. Mm -hmm. This season, we're starting to see that. And I'm not going to get too excited because I think we still, as Joachim said in in El Dias Boys, we still need to have our feet on the ground and there's no point really getting carried away yet. But there is... You always talk about the uh, 10 First Liga matches as uh, the mark to to look after. It's, and I'm sure every Atletico fan in the back of their head is still waiting for this, the moment, the typical Atletico the flop. All the, the, the big flop. Yeah. But the thing is, every time we come close to the big flop, something happens that we come out of it. And yes, okay, you mean, the Espanol game, we, we ground out the result and maybe there was a few dubious referee decisions. And in the Betis game as well, we were quite lucky with some of the referee decisions. But I think with the Betis game as well is that we we were still the team that were on top in the Betis game. And in Espanyol, I think it was the same. Espanyol never looked like they were going to take the game from us. I think that's something in Simeone's mind where he's saying to the players, look, if they're not going to come at you, you just back and relax because you've got a tough game this weekend or you've got an Europa League. So if that side aren't willing to play against you, you just relax. I mean, what's the point in bringing the game to one goal? Let's go home back to Madrid with three points in the bag. Mm-hmm. Because the thing in Spain as well is the goal difference doesn't really count that much. So what's the point in, you know, bursting a gut against Espanyol, raking up seven or eight nil? Okay, it's an exaggeration, but it's an example. When I see, see, I always give the same, um, the, the same answer to, to the questions they, they, they ask them about, um, why I let the, uh, Play in such an unsophisticated fashion, or 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 not brilliantly away matches. And he says, um, "My my fans don't don't go to away matches, and I'm just worried about the points. And um, I'm worried about doing the the nice matches at the Calderon." We're still in a, an early stage with Simeone, and I've wrote articles about it where I've said I'm worried about him. Will he be here next season? Next season, but it's still early stages. I mean, he does look committed. This Barcelona side, I mean, this great Barcelona side wasn't something that sprung up overnight. It was a Barcelona side that got hammered away from home as they experimented and looked for their style. But you're not talking about Guardiola's Barcelona. You're talking about right card. card Because I think even Guardiola's... But don't you think that um, there is a similar feeling uh, to um, Simeone's Atletico in this second season... Similar to that Guardiola's Barcelona, that things just suddenly clicked. And there's, there's a, I don't think it's for a the zillion, a zillion things start start working at the same time because it's 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 never common to have a, a a very solid second line. We have a second a solid second line to get the last minute wins. We're getting the last minute wins to have um, uh, reserve uh, forwards uh, step up and and score the necessary goals. To have midfielders scoring, there's so many good um, aspects about this Atletico. This this uh, fact of the week that we used to uh, we 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 run and and we we ran at the at the at the beginning maybe to pick up morale uh, when we were going through the 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 harder part of of every season. And now it's it's like we have a different positive fact practically every day. 
I remember with the Atletico fact of the week that we were actually struggling some points to find yeah. fact of the week that we're even checking ex-players' birthdays and stuff yeah. like that to put it on. And I think it's something you you've raised a good point because I've read it in you I mean I've wrote it, I've read it in Martin's articles I've read it in Derek's articles maybe you know eighteen months ago maybe two years ago about why we don't have a squad squad players failing to step up to the place and take their chances. And now we've got these players that are really, really... Uh, I, again, I think I'm going to go back to uh, El Dia Después that Joe Kim brought up that said that this year, instead of Manzano rotated last year, but the thing is, Simeone kept a spine of the team. He's kept, he's, he's kept maybe five or six principal players and then rotated after that. And I think that's a big difference between this year and last year. Simeone's using the whole squad. Manzano used the whole squad. But Simeone knows how to use it. Manzano didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a, a very good um that's a very good fact to point out. Um going back to to the the Espanol match, um Martin I, I read a a tweet, one of your tweets brilliant uh, the, uh last uh it was last night after the victoria P- uh, pilsen match and i think we could use this this tweet to sum up what's been going on not only in the two europa league matches which is absolutely true but also with the last two atletico matches it's like the replacements two wins zero losses um people are stepping up that would normally just step up and disappear from from the pitch no um wouldn't matter whether they were starters or whether they would be substitutions. But now we have valuable players, um, no matter who the coach selects for the starting 11. For example, I'm, I'm thinking of Pulido last night. Yeah, Pulido was really strong mm-hmm. last night. And who I really liked was Cebolla coming in again. Uh-huh. And um, as well, the, uh, the Espanol match, we... We had uh, Diego Costa again um, playing p- playing as a starter. Uh, we had Raúl García, who's, who uh, scored the goal and and is is on a, a on another streak. And there's another fact of of the week around Raúl García that every time he's been a starter, he's scored he's scored this season. Hey, Ricky, going back to the Espanol game, I wanted to mm-hmm. give an assessment of the something that you've talked about a lot and pointed out in on Twitter. Uh, about our lousy second halves, yeah. you know what I mean. We always have, it's always a tale of two halves. Last season, uh, it was always a really dull first half, and then we'd come out firing in the second half. This season, especially recently, we've seen kind of a reverse trend. Uh, and going into the going into the Espanol game without Falcao, I had a lot of concerns because we still really haven't proven that we're we're over the away game you know hump like we've only had two away games so mm-hmm. last season that was our basically our Achilles heel that's pretty much the reason why we didn't make it to Champions League uh but without Falcao uh, so far in away matches were two wins and 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 one draw if we go back to Kike's time um to get two wins in the sack we would have to wait for around three months of competition and and to get three wins in a row, for example, that was yeah. almost impossible. We'd always get two wins, you know, and then we'd even have a, a pretty good chance, like a, a reasonable chance, maybe a home game that you were fairly confident that we'd get the result and then we'd end up blowing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a look at the chart, for example, only Barcelona is a better um, away side than, than Atletico. Um, in second position... Uh, Atletico Madrid and Malaga, and and it reflects uh, the the table. In fact, um, are the the best away sides, um, and and I think that's what makes a difference. It's um, going back to um, the. Sorry, can I just <clears throat> add one thing there about uh, uh, <laughs> talking? And you were mentioning Kike Sanchez Flores. I think one of the important things that we have noticed uh, this year is that we have a settled defense. I think it's probably one of the first times in, first time in many, many years that we are always playing with the same back four. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the same back four mm-hmm. is, uh, is... And we're getting results. But uh, I think it's the same back four, and, and even when Kata um, gets into the team, 
um, apparently there's no there's no difference um, as to results and as to effectiveness, and that talks very positively about Cata Diaz um, because he was um, he was everyone's target at, at, uh, during the preseason because he was here uh, to replace. I as, don't agree. I don't agree. Well, but maybe maybe because um, you're one of the few supporters that that had uh, a liking for for um, Cata Diaz, but in general. Atletico fans wanted to leave Dominguez on the squad and and had very sour feelings about letting Dominguez go and and bringing Cata Diaz, who seemed back from the best uh, from the prime of his career. And as a matter of fact, he he isn't um, uh, back uh, from the prime of his career because he's still in the prime of his career. He's 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 uh, performing excellently so far. No, I think Cata Diaz, as I said, Cata Diaz could be an excellent signing uh, to help somebody like Polito progress. Uh, personally, I wasn't too sad to see the likes of Dominguez go because I don't think he actually showed anything that, you mean, okay, it's a Cantera player, but I don't think he showed us anything to uh, merit a place in staying and maybe to merit a place instead of Godin or Miranda. But he he went, and I think the likes of Cata Diaz is perfect. He's got a two-year contract. I think we really need to send... Uh, Polito out on loan for a year and a half. And let him get a year of, and a half. Yeah, I would send him out for a year and a half. Get lots of experience and come back, and then he can take maybe Katas or maybe even Godin's or Miranda's place. But a year and a half of regular football. Let him make his mistakes elsewhere. Let him, we saw that at Raya, or I don't know if you guys saw, it, but I definitely did. Uh, he made lots of mistakes at Raya, and he learned a lot at Raya. And it's little things like that that he needs to learn. And it's better that he learns this at another club and then comes back and is a better player and a more complete player. You're, that, you're saying not not risk to have him play um, in important matches and flopping like, uh, for example, Bar- happened at Barcelona with Fontas. Uh, they're, they're thinking of, of just getting rid of him because there were a couple of bad performances by him last season and... There's there's not confidence that he can he can make it at the end. Yeah, it's if they send him out on loan for two years, and for example, I'm maybe Hitafe. I'm not being rude to Hitafe, but let's face it, somebody like uh, somebody like Polito is a step up. You mean they had to get a player off Sevilla, Alexis, who was basically training with the B team for a while to step in when they had an injury to Lopo. So somebody like Etafe signing Polito, but the only problem with him going to Etafe is Luis Garcia doesn't like signing players on loan that he doesn't have the option to buy. But someone like Etafe, or maybe even someone like Rayo, where he's going to play every game, he's going to learn, and then if he makes mistakes, and if he does mess up, and if he doesn't turn out to be a great defender, at the end of the day, really, Atletico haven't lost anything. I mean, they might even have won something, because at least they don't have to pay his wages for a year and a half. Okay, Martin. Quick summary of the of the Victoria Pilsen match. Um, what was your your view on on uh, why the the team struggled so much, especially in the first half, where in the first half, yeah, yeah, uh, the, and the team didn't seem to to. That's the uh, thing. It seemed like they stuck to the same strategy that they've been, you know, the the Simeone let's sit back and wait uh, strategy, despite the inferior opposition. You know what I mean? You thought that okay, uh, we're playing a a team. Pretty much on paper, we figure we could have we could have thumped. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, and then we, we just sat back in something that I I referred to yesterday as the Venus flytrap tactic, and like where we just sit back and wait, sit back and wait, and then try to attack. But the times that we would have the ball, they would cede possession. They wouldn't press us, and it seems like we lack the ability to to punch forward. The same way, like in La Liga, we sit back and wait, and as and, soon as we take and the, the ball, opponent, we, we strike the opponent back. comes. But what if exactly. the opponent doesn't come? Comes at us, but if they don't come at us, it seems like we don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah, uh, yesterday was the, outlet, yesterday you know. was the second match um, where Atleti had more possession than the um, op- opponent, and the other match was Levante. Levante was the was is is, is uh, for the moment the the worst result that Atleti has had. In the season, which is a miracle this far into the season, but um, that th- that just goes to show that mm, Atletico's uh, 
plan A is based on on counterattacking and not having uh, the ball most of the time. Right, and you just saw them for most of the mm-hmm. game, just not knowing what to do, where to go, and that's it. So, um, do you think that that turns on the alerts about um, we could suffer against uh, the sides that read these facts and said, well, we know that if we give Atletico the ball and we just wait for them, they're not going to even know what to do with it because they don't have Diego anymore on the team and um, they're, the, the team uh, doesn't know how to take the ball up to to their to their striker if they have to uh, be creative with the ball. Um, uh, I think I think this game isn't a good enough like indicator of that. Uh, maybe like because if that happens in La Liga, if it ten- but remember that yesterday it was the replacements. So like I'd like to see how Philippe, Juanfran, you know, Gabi, Arda, yeah. and Falcao how we, how we would have you know reacted. Yeah, we're we're, la- we're, lacking, we're we're lacking tools. We have Coke, but maybe we're we're missing um, the rest of Other the firepower, pieces. like like Arda and Falcao, especially, which creates so ma- so um, so much intimidation power over the the opponent and 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 our and our starting defense, which mm-hmm. is um, much more effective, of course. Right, and then uh, if you remember in the Levante game, I'm pretty sure in the second half, you know, when we started getting more possession, we attacked often. You know, we had a lot of shots, and and mm-hmm. they were lucky. I remember writing at that time that they felt like they were lucky to have survived that game. Uh huh. And um, uh, Gary, ab- about the Victoria Pilsen match yesterday, um, are you especially worried that it took so long to to um get that that final goal, or or do you think that even though winning is important because of the um, um, streak we we have, and uh, because we're the defending champion, and all the um, all the those messages that are always across the table. Um, do you think that this stage, uh, this group stage, is just a matter of of getting the the necessary points and and qualifying? Well, from what I saw, Atletico only took two minutes to score. <laughs> I came home and I turned the television on with the, on the 90th minute. Uh, okay, you're, you're not the right person to ask. <laughs> no, but uh, right. Listen, uh, those familiar with English football know the expression Fergie time. Those not familiar, I'll explain. There's an expression in English that extra time is, uh, or injury time, gives enough, uh, referees always give enough time for Manchester United to score in injury time. <laughs> Uh, it was called Fergie time because no matter how much time Alex Ferguson needed, he always got it to score a goal. And last night uh, we saw, you mean Atletico, I think a lot of the players, as much as Simeone said, were not concentrating on Sunday. They were thinking because every player wants to be involved in Sunday. Everybody wants to play Sunday. Uh, it's a big game. I mean, we're talking about Atletico possibly going first. Now, people say Atletico have been first before. It's true. Yeah, we have been first. The first or second game of the season. This is actually Atletico coming from... Uh, I, where was it we finished in the Levante game? I think it was we were 10th in the league after Levante. Mm-hmm. Or 7th. So yes. this is about Atletico going from 10th to first in the matter of 7 or 8 games. First? Are you you're counting on a Real Madrid win on, no, on Sunday and an Atletico win? Ability of going from first. So the players have this in their head that we have the opportunity to make history on Sunday. And I'm sure all the players are thinking this. They're all saying we want to be part of this. Because if Atletico go first on Sunday, can you imagine the atmosphere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll just be electric. And, yeah. and that will mean that supporters are actually happy that... Um, Real Madrid won the won their match. Gary, you you yeah, go to draw. You, you go to Vicente Calderón a lot, um, and and we've complained in in previous seasons, uh, basically when we when we sit in, next to each other that um, something Atlético supporters normally have is that they can't stop uh, being obsessed with Real Madrid. Don't you feel that that's uh, something that started to fade away? The no. same. No, I, the last home game was Valladolid, and it was still 
uh, after about 20 minutes the anti-Madridista chance. I still do not understand this. I've been in the Bernabeu and I've heard the exact same of the anti-Barca songs and the anti-Atleti songs. I still don't understand why you would pay 60 euro to go to see your team pay play and sing chants about your rival. I don't understand that. But don't uh, you think it's it's much less than in previous seasons? Mm, You've been going to the Calderon forever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. I mean, it's died down a bit. And I think part of that's down to Simeone saying, look, it, uh, you can't really be an anti-Madridista. You need to be an Atleti fan. Stop looking over your shoulder at what your rival's in. And I think that's quite strange because nobody has really picked up, or I think maybe the press know that Simeone's not going to answer the question, but it, why have the Madrid-based press not gone to Simeone with these latest few games and gone, you know you're doing better than Real Madrid, no? You know you're ahead of Real Madrid in the league. You know you continue to be ahead of Real Madrid in the yeah, league. Yeah, today, today, um, uh, Susan, Susan's over at Spain. She went to see Atletico de Madrid's training session at, at Ferro de la Espina, and she was telling me um, uh, before that she was interviewed by Marca TV. Two questions: one about Atletico, and the other one about El Clásico. It's like this this um, Spanish press obsession with. Everything has to be Real Madrid, even if we're not talking to a team involved. And I think that's it's got into the atmosphere, and everyone ha- like has like this anti-Real Madrid sentiment. But I I think it's much I don't know it's it's milder than other years. I I I thought you would agree with me on that one. But okay, well moving on. Um, did you 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 still wanted to mention uh, certain aspects about the Victoria Pilsen match, right, Martin? Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think people would have said if, you know, that miracle goal at the end wouldn't have scored, if we would have just tied and dropped those points? Uh, Well, there. I think it would have been cool, because the the main objective um, last night was to rest as many starters as possible, and I think that that was achieved, um, especially not losing. Um, not losing, and in, in such a um, uh, theoretically easy um, group like the one we're in, I think we can even uh, uh, we we can even allow ourselves to to drop some points and and still make it easily into the next. You wouldn't you wouldn't have wanted, for example, to secure the points first, put the strongest you know lineups first, and then at the end just coast and put the backups. I I I I'm I'm pretty much with Simeone on this one. I I think that. Um, Spreading the players between different competitions um, has uh, proven to be a, a very wise choice, especially when um, the players are 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 giving good results when 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 they've given when they've been given the chance, like like uh, what we saw we saw it partially um, at the Cornellal Prat match, and we we also saw that at Tel Aviv. So. I'm 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 really happy that Simeone is 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 giving minutes to the, to the whole team because it's it's another message that you're sending out. It's, no one knows whether they're a starter or not, and all matches are are important in, um, for the team. and And I think it's it's it, it just goes with the attitude. It's like we scored in the 93 in the 93rd minute because we we tried to score up to the very last minute. Um, when Saul came onto the pitch, he was like, hmm. Asking for the ball uh, constantly and 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 pushing and pushing and and that's the attitude. That's the attitude that Simeone has has gotten everyone into, and I'm really happy with that. Yeah, Raúl had two really clear chances to score again. Raúl was an incredible save. Yeah, he 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 was just unlucky yesterday with with um how how um, strong the 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 ball was crossed. Um, I think that if the ball had been crossed a bit. Um, uh, a, a bit harder, um, he would have got it in. And it was going to be like the reverse angle of the goal that Falcao scored against Bilbao. Yeah, yeah, completely. Second goal. Completely agree. Um, but, but Simeone was thrilled. And what about <laughs> what about yourself? Yeah, he, he was. He was. I think he was like, okay, I'm not going to have to give any explanations. You know what I mean? <laughs> Afterwards, for you know. That was his press conference. Uh, a graphical view of what he thought about the match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your view on that? Um, are you cool with um, Simeone playing the second line? Um, yeah, I'm cool with it. Uh, I personally, like since last season, starting last season, I remember 
you know, during the Europa League games, I kind of, at first, I mean, it's shameful to say it, but I was kind of maybe hoping that we didn't get so far so that we could focus on La Liga, because <laughs> I knew how critical Champions League was to keeping Falcao around. Mm-hmm. So this season, same thing, you know. Let's just keep the focus on La Liga. I, I like this idea. I, totally. I just, but it's I just get the idea that the team is overall much better than last season. Much, much better. Um, I, I mean, it's surprising to say this when when you have a look at um, last last year's um, uh, roster and, and you see that you're missing Dominguez, you're missing Antonio Lopez, you're missing Perea. We're missing Diego players, Salvio, players that sound important, but you're also right. missing Pizzi, you're also missing Fran Merida, you're also missing Asuncao, which yeah. were absolutely irrelevant for a season. Well, and maybe seven of those players. You just can't allow to have so many irrelevant players. Well, you've got players there that never stepped up. Uh, you're saying Pizzi, like look at Perea. Perea, you mean, couldn't even play right back. He didn't want to be part of right back, so he limited himself. Uh, Antonio Lopez, Jesus, I mean, we barely saw him. I mean, he was a bit like Santa Claus. He, we saw him once a year. Uh, Salvio. <laughs> you cruel. I, 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 what? Aren't you cruel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you keep making but, that joke every season. What? About <laughs> Antonio Lopez. Salvio, I was a Salvio fan, but at the end of the day, I mean, he had his moments. Uh, Pizzi, Jesus, I mean, I wrote a piece for him for Force of Football. I mean, he he left he he left his mark on Atleti on the bench this season. (laughs) I remember when we signed Emery and we talked about it, and I said he's a squad player, and that's what we've got this season. We didn't sign star players this summer. We didn't spend seventy million on Falcao, and I didn't want to spend seventy million on a player like Falcao. I wanted to spend maybe ten million on four players like the likes of Catadias, Cebolla Rodriguez. And uh, Emre, Sisma uh, and Emre, because well, we needed Sisma is an absolute surprise to have him starting yesterday and to have him starting the other day and and uh, to get two decent ma- uh, matches from him. I wasn't expecting it. No, but this player knows he's. I mean, this player knows he's not going to play in the derby. This player knows he's not going to play in a big match. But what we have for the first time in a long time is somebody like him that knows. Look, you're second rate. You're not an important player, but when we call you, we want you to do a job. And that is what we've got in this side this season. The likes of Emery, I mean, Emery's best days are long gone, but he knows that when he's called upon, he has to do a job. I remember uh, when when, when um, two seasons ago we, we started the podcast, um, you would laugh at all of us um, <laughs> now in re- retrospect um, very wisely how... We were so overexcited with Fran Merida coming on to <laughs> Atletico and, uh, uh, and, you, and you were saying, you um, you think that um, Arsene Wenger would, would let him go if he was worth it? In He, he would have um, because he's especially um, good for knowing which uh, players are going to make it and which players are not going to make it. If he's let him go, it's because he's not going to make it. And, and we had complete... Um, Blind faith in him, but because we were desperate, and it was just a matter of being desperate and wanting to hold on to any possible hope. But we've got the likes of Kadir coming through, and we've got the likes of Saul, we've got the likes of Oliver. But like we've got, I mean Koke. We forget the Koke is still very, very young player. But we're kind of don't treat Koke as a young player. We treat Koke as a regular player now, and that just goes to show one of the strengths of him. Uh, Kadir as well. You mean Kadir being injured? He's a sec. I mean, he's a second player. He's not the first choice player, but his injury was still first going. Okay, maybe that maybe the disappointment is Silvio, and maybe we might find because something strange has definitely gone on there. You do not go from the start he had last season. To basically an unknown player, you do not go from being a, a Portuguese national team starter to mm-hmm. um, not deserving to play in a Segunda team. And I told Billy yesterday. I told Billy yesterday. I feel like Silvio just simply doesn't want to be at Atleti. That's what it looks like when he's on the field. And are he, you guys he wanted out. This? Is there maybe something to be worried about? Because we know Silvio's agent. We know who he is. Uh-huh. We know the power he has at the club. If he starts to maybe tug at some strings, could he make life difficult for Simeone? And we know when Simeone sees the the tough get, you know, when he's faced with a challenge that he knows he can't win. Or 
he's dealt hassle because right, let's face it, right now Simeon, Inter, Milan are going to want a manager in a few weeks. Uh, Lazio will probably might want a manager in a few weeks. Simeone would walk into those jobs. He, mm-hmm. He's still a legend in Italy. So, should we maybe be worried that if Jorge Mendes starts kicking up a bit over Silvio not playing? I think I think Jorge Mendes' uh, primary um, interest is to uh, have players playing and have players happy if possible. Uh, you, you saw it with Pizzi. You're seeing it with Ruben Miguel. Mikael. Um, you're going to see it with Sirius. Sirius is going to get a December loan. Maybe Atleti is even going to pay for for um, uh, Silvio's salary because that's the type of deal that they've got with Jorge Mendes. It's, um, I, I, I scratch your back as long as you scratch mine. And and that's the way they, they, they work together. But um, I, I, I simply just can't see Silvio staying on the team. I think that beyond December is impossible to see him Are on the team. Are you worried that Mendes might start coming in and making things tough, making threats to the board? Of... I don't think that Silvio is, is that important. Yeah, Silvio is not maybe that important to make threats, but Silvio has got the same agent as the likes of Falcao. Al- Aledi and, and Jorge Mendes have more than one deal, and, and I don't think that Silvio is something that is going to turn into a big problem if both sides know, know how to manage it. It's like... Okay, we, uh, we we want Ricky, the best for Silvio. Ricky, let's just go back. Both sides know how to manage. You do know you're talking about Cerezo and Hilmarin. No, no, I I, I know that uh, Hilmarin is more interested in in keeping Jorge Mendes uh, happy than than practically anything else. <laughs> Can I just say maybe it's a little bit off topic, but uh, one concern we had in December last year was about Caminero who I think we can actually say has done a pretty decent job this summer with recruiting squad players. But one concern we had was Caminero and Simeone maybe not getting along and making the job very complicated, one or the other. And they seem to be getting on quite well because they've had regular meetings at the training ground where they've brought up problems, where they've discussed different things. So I think for a change, we seem to have an Atletico director of football working well with a manager. Or from my perception or my opinion, I think we're actually seeing something that we haven't seen from, for a long time. At from, the, from the sports side, I find I find nothing to criticize on um, right now at Atletico. It's, it's that surprising. But this is a yeah. thing as well. When Caminero uh, started making some... When Caminero signed Emery, everybody was going, this is not the player we want. We want this. We want this. Uh, this is not the type of player. Uh, Caminero was going to Rayo and he was watching Diego Costa and he was going back to Simeone and said, listen, you don't need another striker. This guy Costa's banging in the goals. He's doing really well. He was reporting. And people kind of got on Caminero's back in the summer going like, oh, director of football, we shouldn't be signing reserves. We need stars. We need stars. We didn't have money to sign stars. We didn't have it. So, in all fairness, all those muppets and twats that were having <laughs> seriously, they should actually apologize, but they're not going to do it because, as I said, they're muppets and twats. And it's people have got to realize. So this is like uh, Gary's hate moment. Yeah, <laughs> where you get to <laughs> got to realize throwing all the punches, man. <laughs> people have got to realize the reality of it. I'm ducking because I'm, I'm I'm feeling the heat here. <laughs> We don't have money to sp- sign Diego. I mean, we didn't have money to sign bloody Gerardo. And he was willing to take a pay cut to come to us. And the, these people, the likes of El Profe, the likes of uh, Mono Burgos, the likes of Simeone, the likes of Caminero, have really done a great job this summer. Okay, the job's not done. It's not finished. But so far, it's... I mean, we're not going to do it, George. Because you only have one plan. Yeah. And and Simeone is a, the perfect uh, coach to... To get the team to understand that plan, but, but the there's no plan B, and and what should be plan A, which would be to play with with um, an excellent player like Diego, just is impossible because we can't afford it. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a press conference. The press com, I, what game was it? I can't remember. And I know you went straight down, and I was finishing my match report. So when I came down, the players walked onto the pitch, and they were got yoga mats out and. They were doing all this stuff. And uh, there was a group of uh, Turkish fans that come over and they were calling Arda Turan. And Caminero came out to watch the, this warm down. And Arda Turan turned to Caminero and says, can I go over and speak to the fans? Caminero just put his hand to his lips and said, Asil Profe. 
it was so nice to see Caminero give the guy whose responsibility you mean because we've seen this at Atleti, we've seen this at Real Madrid Florentino Perez getting involved in yeah the starlet system yeah and this was re- I couldn't believe what I was seeing and he was speaking to Kadir because Kadir had his hand in his sling but the rest of the players were coming up and trying to speak to him and he's like no 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 El Profe speaking you go speak to him you mean I'm not here and I really thought, wow, this is a great setup. At last, Atletico have got a setup. And the, uh, the, the Atletico talk came into my mind. When are they going to fuck it up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, it's it's just sad that we we always have to get into this this mode that we're just waiting for the flop. Yeah, but the flop come this Sunday um, with Malaga. Well, yes. I was going to go one more point on on Victoria. Speak, mm-hmm. you know, to get a little on the negative side. Uh, did you guys hear about Adrián being booed by a sector of the of the stands yesterday? Well, I, I can expect it because um, there is always um, there is always a part of the stadium that will never be happy no matter what happens. Well, I, incredible. Incredible. <laughs> to me, that's incredible. Somebody so crucial to our Europa League run last there was season. This, the, I, I remember. Season. I remember this this match when. Um, Fernando Torres scored two goals to turn a, a, a match we were losing against Barcelona around and 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 win the the match four to three, and and this guy next to me was insulting Fernando Torres for ninety minutes. It was wow. like no matter what he did, it w- it would never be enough. Well, it's, uh, there's this type of fans that um. They're just there to <laughs> liberate all this no <laughs> I completely agree with Martin. It's a disgrace. You I mean, I think with Adrian, every time he touches the ball, okay, he's not playing well. He's making lots of mistakes. But I think, especially. No, I think Adrian has this uh, a style that he needs to be in perfect shape yeah. to shine. But I and think if he's not. Is like they did with Courtois when he made that mistake at Violet. Uh, every time he makes a mistake, the whole stadium applauds. Everybody just say, like, listen, mate, you fucked up, but we know what you did for us last year. We know the goals. We know the effort. We know you're trying your best. And it's something that doesn't, you mean, I've seen this in English football, players that have made mistakes and players that are taking time to jail or players coming back from injury or having bad form. And the player gets applauded. He really gets, uh, he gets the support from the stands. And generally the player will turn it around. And when he scores, he'll dedicate it to the stands. Just the Hanover, uh, the Hanover match last season. Yeah. But ball scored by Adrian. That should give him infinite credit with the fans. But the thing is, yeah. Adrian gets an offer this in January of 18 million to go to somewhere like Tottenham Hotspurs. And then you've got all the Muppets that were booing him coming out and going, he's got no loyalty. Where the fuck was your loyalty when you were booing him? You All right, Ricky. And then finally, uh, I wanted to talk about Asenjo's performance yesterday. Uh, he still looked a bit shaky, uh, but he made you know a spectacular save. But that that's like that's Asenjo. He's like no, very but very spectacular, he, but not secure. yeah. But you don't yesterday, get the feeling. But he needs. I know, but yesterday, yesterday on a lot of there was like three or four balls in the air. Where I was, you know, I held my breath thinking that he was going to mess it up, but he, he came up, you know, this was the strongest game I had seen of his, as, as far as ball security, going up for the ball and crosses and that kind of stuff. Well, but still, still, I'd still like to see Courtois in every single he, game. Over he has no thing. confidence. His confidence is shot. People talk about Courtois. Courtois came from the Gea. Courtois came like a league champion, a regular for Belgium into this Atleti team. He had confidence coming out of his arse. Anybody that's ever spoken to Courtois, he's a lovely guy. He's fantastic. But he's Funny. a very confident. He's got one friend beside him. Jesus Christ, that rubs off. I mean, one friend is the most confident person I've ever met in my life. It's no, one friend is incredible. He thinks he's the best player in the universe. <laughs> I love the guy. At the end of the day, I mean, is it wrong to think like that? You mean... The thing is, one fan thinks he's the greatest player in the world, but he doesn't boast that he is. He's not, you mean, the type of player that goes around and can't back Showing off his thigh. Have you seen his Twitter bio? His I'm the Lightning McQueen of Atletico Madrid. Yeah, well... <laughs> he's so cool. Asenko <laughs> doesn't have confidence. He's so nervous. I'm sure every time a ball comes, it's in the back of his head, shit, will I do my knee in here? Or, uh, remember that goal I conceded? And he's got all this negativity in his am head. I, am I going to get booed? You know, that's yeah. another thing. And, like, a, and Simeone has to work with, you mean, 
at the end of the day, we said it last year when we were talking about Raul Garcia coming back. You can turn these situations around no matter how sour. If you yeah, play well... It depends. Uh, with Raul Garcia, we spoke last season saying, would Simeone come out and tell the fans to give him a break, let him come back? The same with Asenko. Simeone didn't do it. What he did basically is he spoke to Raul Garcia and said, right, you got food. You yeah, got- but it's not the same. Um, a field player and a goalkeeper are yeah. different stories. And this is if- where Mono Burgos is working with Asenko. You can see him sometimes having little words in his ear. The goalkeeping coaches, they do spend a lot of attention with Asenko, even to an extent that the press... You see a lot of the Madrid press write now and again an article about Asenko. I have a feeling that this has got something to do with Simeone saying, right, guys, the guy needs confidence. Give him a little boost. Write an article about him and I'll give you interviews or I'll let this player be interviewed or whatever. Simeone knows. I mean, personally, Simeone with the press, he's not that great. He answers what he wants to answer. He, He can be very... When, when he wants to answer. When he wants to answer. But he also has the press eaten out of his hand. You mean, I asked, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Harry Redknapp of England, mm-hmm. but uh, Harry Redknapp had the press eaten out of his hand. He could do no wrong. And it seems that Simeone is the exact same. I mean, Simeone can, I think Simeone could stand up, belt a uh, journalist. Maybe, you know, this is a letty journalist, which begins with <laughs> or across the face <laughs> a couple of times. And still the press would say the journalist deserved that. You mean he's got them all eaten out of his hand? Well, we 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 do have uh, more topics, and um, I don't want to run out of time. Um, the Falcao issue, um, Martin. Um, according to El Mundo, uh, Falcao is going to is has has, has um, a clause in his contract that he his salary is bumped up to six million euros. I think it is um, net. Um, starting July the 1st and um, f- on, on one side I think oof, that's a relief because um, it's still far away from the 10 million that Ronaldo um, or, or Messi are making or the 12 million that Ibrahimovic is making in, at, at Paris Saint-Germain but um, I, I'm, I'm starting to um, feel that I'm going to start listening to the message that Aleti has to reduce salaries, and um, they're thinking of ways of reducing salaries, and and all um, all the fingers would be pointing at Falcao, and that would be the moment when the club that bumped up his salary would be th- thinking of of selling him to another club because they can't afford to pay him what they what they signed in the first place. I I, I got that feeling with Reyes. I got okay. the, yeah yeah. I got the feeling with Reyes. I got the feeling with Agüero. I got the feeling with Forlan. Um, the moment they sell him, they're happy about selling him because they don't have to pay that load of cash to to a player anymore. And it's like, uh, what do you want the good players um, on your team if you you can't afford to have them? Right, but it's like a double-edged sword because if you don't offer him that much, he'll exactly. be more inclined to leave. He's so still, he's very what far do you, away what do you do? Them. Right, and yeah, what do yes. you do? Well, uh, yeah. uh, the thing is that um, Atlético de Madrid is so uh, dark and obscure about the way they manage um, the budget that it's just impossible to know what's going on in the club. But normally, these cases end up with uh, the club realizing that they can't afford the salary that they signed in the first place and wishing that someone would take the, the problem off of their hands. Yeah. Sadly enough, I've, I've, we've seen that happen too many times. It's, I mean, back to the case of Kunawera, I'm sure that the club at the end of the day was happy because they, they were reaching a point where they couldn't even afford to pay for land and Kunawera the the salary they had, and have Reyes at the same time. At the end of the day, they just decided to sell them all. Yep. Or give them away, like in the case of Forlan, or in the case of Maxi. Or in the they case pretty of much Sihau. gave away Reyes, too. They gave Maxi away. They gave Maxi yeah, away, yeah. Uh, they gave Max away um, so long as he uh, forgave the club uh, debts that they, they, they had from the previous season. That's the, that, that was uh, the amount of money that, that we received for, for Maxi, just um, not paying our debts. So the, 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 the salary uh, management is something that I, I really don't want to think about uh, because it, it always has uh, a bad news side to it. I don't know if you guys agree there, Gary, for example. Yeah, no, because at the end of the day, Atletico sometimes jump too quickly and offer players contracts that they don't deserve. For example, when they offered Simao the contract, 
the big money. I don't think he deserved it because he was far from his best. Maxi was something similar. The Kun Aguero contract, uh, I mean, we've spoken about this privately, Ricky. Unfortunately, we can't say any of it publicly because we could end up getting sued. And we want that word. broke. And so it's a different situation. Borland was another thing as well. The club needed to get rid of him because he wasn't playing that well neither. And, you know, it was best to get rid of him. But uh, as well, sometimes the club do these kind of things because they want to get the message out to the likes of Chelsea, the likes of Man City. Right, you have to pay 70 or 60 million for the player. But also you've got to put 6 million, 7 million salary there. The player might agree to it because the player might go, well, you mean if I'm going to Man City, they're playing X, Y, Z, 200 grand a week. I want the same. So, yeah, you tell them that I'm getting 6 million a year. In reality, maybe he's only getting four. But mm-hmm. he's to play the game because if he sees a, uh, a move, he knows he can win and the club win. So it's kind of like, as Martin said as well, it is a double-edged sword because if it is true and you don't offer him the money, he can leave. Uh, it's the goal this summer, so I'm presuming as well. The club come out and they say, oh, we're going to offer him in this contract, this contract. But a lot of players' contracts have the bonuses. It's like, they maybe get €10,000 a week, but then it's the bonus. Playing bonus or a goal-scoring bonus, Champions League bonus, uh, international bonus. And uh, that's got to be tied in there. That's got something to do with the deal as well. So... I don't think it's something to get worried or to start getting worried about just yet, but maybe to keep an eye on in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, Martin, we we also want to send out a message to Antonio Lopez, of course, right? Yeah. Uh, yesterday in training, he like blew out his knee, and it looks like he's going to be out for a couple of months. So yeah, we wanted he's to send to animal. Point when when injuries are becoming a recurrent part of his uh, career. I don't know if he's. Yeah, he blew out the other knee. Remember last year he had yeah. trouble with his right knee and he I don't had think that arthroscopic surgery. Bang in the middle of becoming <laughs> part of his career. Poor poor guy. Well, um, all the yeah. best. All the best of course. And um m- maybe Sorry, it's just on Antonio Lopez, guys, do you think it's time that maybe he just hung up his boots and said enough's enough? I don't know. I I, I was I, personally I was thinking he would do it after leaving Atletico. I was surprised still, that he signed for Mallorca in the first place. He's still only 32. Yes, but he's been playing for a very long time. Mm. Yeah, but still, I mean, when you look at other players that last till 36, 37, he's been a bit part player for the last... I think, I, think I, I started to see him playing for Atletico in 1999 or something like that. He was 19 and playing... Um, playing uh, Top flight football for so long. I, I really don't know why a player would, after after going to Osasuna and having an experience of playing for another team, it's not like he's never been uh, out of um, uh, Atletico. He's he's played. I, I think he played a couple of seasons, in fact, for Osasuna yeah. before uh, moving back. I think he moved back with with Aguirre. And no, I think it was the year before. The year before, maybe, maybe it was back the year we got promoted. I really don't remember. I, I, I would have to look that that one up. But mm. I can see him retiring after this season, especially you know a long recovery process. What if it takes like six months? You know what I mean? I Somebody's gonna is win. Is it an ACL? Here, uh, MCL, ACL, meniscus. No, it's the MCL, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's less time, but still maybe. Two to four months, right? A yeah, lot. something like that. Yeah, and I don't know. It's it's uh, the age factor weighs in, and so it's really hard to see him. Um, I don't think we've seen Antonio for the last five years, to be perfectly honest. I think he's been a bit part player since then. We have Pernia. He came back. I think he's... He had a very good season after... after um, the Europa League, I think. The second, second Pernia season. Yeah. He was The Europa League season, though, when we won the first one. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I remember one highlight about. I remember one highlight. I've gone back to a couple of times. A little scoop that he did over his head, beautiful little pass. You guys, no, he would do that? those things. Yeah, he would do those things. Off. Yeah, quite yeah. often. Yeah. I was looking at a photo the other day of him in Neptuno like this summer, and it was kind of there was like a moment of where there was a sudden realization that this is it. 
there was a, uh, there was one photo shot. I don't know where. I, saw, I think it was actually the television where they just kind of froze and you just see his face and he's kind of putting the flag and the scarf on Neptuno and it's like going, it's the end. I know it doesn't get much better than this. And I think, as Ricky said, maybe, okay, he should have maybe called it time then, but as well, he was only 32, 33, and he knew he had maybe two or three years left in him. Two or three years? I I don't know. In in Spain, retiring at 32 isn't that strange. Um, I, I know it is in... Um, in in another another competition in other leagues, but Spanish competition is I don't know it's 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 very demanding physically. Um, Gary, uh, shall we go with a with a round of results uh, for the um, for the um, um, lower categories? Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, Atleti B won again. Uh, an own goal. Uh, Started the scoring for Atletico, and then Oliver Torres has come back. Yes, we found him. He was hanging around outside, and they didn't know who he was. But he came back. <laughs> uh, 20 minutes to go, he came on, uh, completely changed the game, scored his first goal. Atletico 1 2 1. Happy days. Uh, the B side. And it's a second, so- it's a second positive result, sorry, for Atleti B in, in two weeks, and uh, things were looking really, really dark for, for Alfredo and. He's starting to see the light. Maybe he, he he found the, the, the pieces to move and, and finally he's got the engine going. But as Martin said earlier about Adrian, it's a shame. Pantic had the exact same. Pantic had a very similar start. People are too... Well, I think that every every single manager will get... Um, every single coach will have the same problem if year after year you sell or give away 12 players and bring 12 new players, young and unexperienced to uh, fill the spots, you're always going to have to do those problems. We we got rid of of, of very promising players like Iago, like um, Noguera, like uh, Regalón. Yeah, but you say promising players, but where exactly are they playing now? I mean, they're not playing top flight like, football. No, no, no but they're second. They're playing in Segunda B. Segunda B. So they weren't exactly world beaters so, so maybe so, may, maybe the problem one of the big problems is having a team in segunda B and not in segunda but that's that's no, uh, club policy no but i think as well you mean if you're going to invest in youth you're going to have a lot of duds you know i mean you got to you got to start at the start and the first you mean it's like anybody a wine grower will tell you when you start growing wine the first batches are terrible and then the good stuff starts to come and maybe that's what's happening at Atletico. we've had i'm not saying that uh iago and Cole are terrible players. I'm just saying that they weren't. The, maybe they weren't worth keeping. So they're gone, and now we've got another group coming through. We've got the, the like, youth. Don't. No, I think uh, there are quite a few players from there that. Um, it, having them go is as unexpected as um, letting Pantic move on. Yeah, but we're not in the case of. I don't think there's not one player that's left that side that we've gone. Damn, we should have kept him. No, yeah. Anyway, moving on to Atleti C. Okay. We spoke last week, had a shock 3-0 defeat. This week, they managed to keep a clean sheet, although it was a 0-0 draw, a very dull game. But this week, they're playing at home and will hope to get their uh, little title run back on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Feminist? The girl, well, the girls are doing really well. I made a mistake in the last podcast. I said they were playing at Ferro Lespin. Of course, they played at San Sebastián. What did they yeah. do? One nil victory away from home, and this week they play Barcelona, who are not playing that well. And uh, we're just three points off. We're currently sitting in third. We're three points off Athletic Club de Bilbao. Uh, maybe a win this weekend, and other results go our way. The girls might be like the boys, mm-hmm. and we might be on top spot. Atletico B and Atletico C are both playing at um, are both playing home matches at ten and twelve o'clock on Sunday. Atletico B is playing against Guijuelo, and Atletico C is playing against, I think it's Griñón. Uh, did you mention that before? Maybe you did. Um, no, okay. And um, as for Atletico Madrid, what do we have ahead? There's uh, an international break. Martin, what's the next match? Next match against Malaga. Malaga. Uh, La Liga's You're game of the good? week. Yeah, yeah. You're feeling about Malaga? Uh, well... I was going to say it's La Liga's game of the week, but unfortunately it will be given <laughs> secondary status behind the Clásico, of course. But uh, 
Uh, I feel pretty good. It's going to be a tough game for sure. Uh, Malaga, the, some ad, like a little advantage I see is that Malaga didn't rest any of their starters, obviously, in Champions League when they played this week. And from what I've been reading, they're probably going to come out with the same lineup as they did against Anderlecht, who they crushed in Belgium, 3 nothing. Uh, just like us, they have a really long unbeaten streak. I think it's 10 games in a row that, you know, they've gone undefeated. Uh, they haven't conceded a goal in four games. And they've got a, they've got a lot of firepower up top with Saviola, who scored already. He scored three goals. Uh, you gotta look out for Isco, Eliseo, Eliseo. who has some beautiful yeah, goals. Beautiful in Champions, Champions League. League goals, yeah. Joaquin, Joaquin, Joaquin's looking pretty good. And yeah, that solid defense, man. Four games without conceding a goal, so. Uh, I'm I'm pretty confident having Arda and Falcao back. Gary, your feelings about about um, about Malaga? I'm really looking forward to this game. I mean, la, you remember sitting there early? I think it was May. No, we sat there, yeah. and the Malaga journalists had uh, already printed their headlines. <laughs> yeah. and we met them. I think it's going to be a great game. I, mean, uh, I know you're not too fond of them, but I'm a huge, huge, huge admirer of uh, Pellegrini. Yeah, For me, I, the guy I is a fantastic coach, and he's really proved he's an absolute gentleman. Uh, I love his press conferences, and I think we're going to get a cracker of a match. As Martin says, everybody's looking at El Clasico. It just goes to show you that uh, at the end of the day, I think this is the biggest match in La Liga. One of the positives is that all the journalists are going to be at the El Clasico, which means less press are going to be at Malaga and Atletico, which means we're going to have more chance to speak to players. Mm-hmm, so, true. And I'm not complaining too much about the El Clasico, but El Clasico goes our way. Uh, a draw. I don't want a Real Madrid win. I want a draw. Uh, well, a Real Madrid win wouldn't be bad. We've got Real Madrid six points away. Um, no, but it's a draw and we win. It's eight points. So, I mean, the draw is good for us. Uh, but it's it's going to be... I think it's going to be a cracker of a match. It's just a pity to put it on so late. As I think we're playing the next four... or the last, This games. We've got four games in a row at 9.30 at night. Yeah, tell um, me. <laughs> is it going to be on TV for you guys live? You guys get it from the start, even though the Classico is going on? I think the last 20 minutes overlap with yeah, our, yeah. our I, game. We're, we're not sure because we'll be at the pitch, but uh, we'll be there. Oh, the okay, that's right. But, the press conferences as well, because you know that you have to watch Mourinho say, no, 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 Yeah. No. <laughs> so important, I mean, because you can't miss that. You mean, or you can't miss Karanka uh, coming out instead of Mourinho after yeah. a half that's hour away. Worth, I mean, and that's the great. <laughs> I mean, radios are paying what is it, eighty nine euro per match, and they're not guaranteed that the coach is going to come out. Well done. Uh, there, it's a joke. This game, these are two big games this weekend, but as well as usual, a Spanish FA tink with one. And El Clasico. And I'm not saying this because I'm an Atletico fan, but I'm speaking to other fans. And We lost you there. Um, yeah, in the States, in the States, we're not going to have it on TV. So You're not going to have it on TV? No, not not live. It's going to be on a like two-hour tape delay, so I'll have to watch it online. But yeah. just like I said, it's so tasty. There's so many players in form. It's two defenses that are playing well. The two goalkeepers are having good times. But both players, or both teams had a little bit, you know, Atleti had losing Diego. They had all the Falcao rumors. The club is still in DS. Malaga, everybody knows what happened to them. And both clubs are kind of, okay, the expression in English is sticking two fingers up at everybody and going like, Fuck yes, we're still here. And they've done it, and it's it's a battle for second and third. I mean, last season, this was a battle for fourth and fifth, and now they're doing it for a second and third. Well, in the case of Atletico, it would be maybe ninth, right? Yeah. And I believe I believe this is the toughest matchup for either club in La Liga, right? Malaga hasn't really played any of the top. And it's a, and it's a good match to pay, play at home and with with your with your crowd supporting and I think the crowd factor and and having full gun power because both teams um, at their best I think that Atletico is is a better squad than Malaga I don't know if you guys get the feeling uh, I don't, yeah I mean my loyalty is, because of my loyalty to Atleti I mean I just have. Partial, you so. would think of a draw if if you if you had to think um, from a. I just think if we go to play here, you know what I mean? It's gonna be tough. I, I don't Very see tight. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We seem to be losing Gary. Um, 
Uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about handball. Um, just give the results. Uh, Atletico Madrid lost their last match uh, versus THW Kiel. On, that's a Champions League match on Sunday. Afterwards, they had a league match on Tuesday, which they won against Academia Octavio. And they're playing um, Champions League again this weekend. They're playing against the uh, Selje. I, I think that's from Estonia. I'm not very sure there. Um, and it's an away match. And afterwards, they, they, they play another away match, another league uh, away match against Puerto Sagunto. Well, I, I don't know if, if we still have Gary online. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, Gary. <laughs> you get, um, cut off once in a while. So, um, before we wrap up, um, just a quick result for Sunday. Remember, this goes on go the record. I'm going to go 2 1 Atletico. Okay, Martin. That's exactly what I'm feeling. 2 1. Okay, I'm, I'm going for a 3 to 1. Ooh! <laughs> Easy. Getting <laughs> <Couldn't> scored <laughs> in the last minute or something like that. Well, thank you very much for, for being on the show again. Gary, thank you very much. Thank Great you, guys. You Thank you guys and again. Thank you all for your patience and support over the last couple of months. <laughs> From home. <laughs> and Martin, thank you once again and, and uh, talk to you soon. All right, thanks. I just wanted to give one quick shout out to Suzanne. Uh, big thanks for the uh, surprise package she sent me. Ooh. Really, really sweet letter she sent me too with some goodies, uh, photos of all you guys and also a really cool photo book. Martin, I didn't receive your check. <laughs> my image rights image rights yeah I'll, I'll get Horka to phone you okay I'm, I'm, I'm cutting you out at the very mo- I'm cutting you out right now uh, I'm putting a picture of Falcao over your face he's not as good looking as me though anyway you have to ask Susan for that Susan's liable for <laughs> copyright infringement yeah, that's true <laughs> okay thanks to both of you bye alright Good bye. night. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is Atleti, Facebook at Facebook.com slash This Is Atleti, or by email on info at thisisatleti.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iBox or iTunes. Thank you for Atleti. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.